How's it going? I'm Coco. And I am Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about music and wine and how well the two go together. You can find us all over the place. You can find us at rockandvino.com, at Rock and Vino on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. <laughs> you can like and subscribe to the podcast. That's very helpful. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, at riffmagazine.com, anywhere great podcasts are made available for free. And <laughs> Find a new episode every Tuesday. We, every Tuesday, we made that's it regular. right. We're going to make it a regular <laughs> thing. We're going to be legit now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think we might have our biggest guest in rock and vino history today. Is that, you know, is that safe? To I say? would say <laughs> that's a pretty safe one to say. I'm excited about her. It's yeah, a it, she. It is a she. You're yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> do, do we give it away? Um, yeah, like, yeah. Why don't, I'll, I'll let you do the honors. Yeah, the great Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Yes. Joining the pod today. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I've always loved Hailstorm and loved Lizzie. I just think their energy is fantastic. One thing that's cool about them is they have such a, I don't want to say history in Northern California and Sonoma County, but, mm -hmm. you know, even when they were little babies on tour. Little babies, exactly, I know. This was one of the first places that they made as like a staple to hit. It so. was, I remember I remember the first time that I heard Hailstorm, we were doing a music meeting and uh, playing a bunch of songs. Our, our uh, music director was playing a bunch of songs at the rock radio station that I worked at. And um, I just remember hearing hailstorm and hearing just this woman just like belt it out and i'm like who is this she kind of reminded me of a little bit of like lita ford right you know just kind of like the attitude of just a woman in control which was awesome and um and yeah and then they they came to play shortly after so and amazed us all yeah i remember the uh the last day saloon show here it was the first time i had seen him and i I want to say they played here right as their first single was kind of catching on radio. Yeah. Like, I mean, they weren't at the level they are now, but as far as, you know, that first kind of breakthrough and you could tell there was a lot of excitement about them and it was packed in there mm -hmm. and just, you knew that uh, they had did big things ahead. It was just a really cool, great show. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just remember seeing... Um, RJ Hale, uh, her brother, play drums, and he would do solo, you know, a little drum solo. Right. And that drum solo was always amazing. And I think the last time that they played at the Last Day Saloon, he brought out these giant drumsticks and just, sticks. like, killed it. I'm like, dang, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> like, where can I get those, those skills? <laughs> What's crazy about her in particular is just, I want to say how many places she shows up in, shows up in, and how many artists she collaborates with, yeah. and mm -hmm. just whether it's showing up at shows and just coming up on stage and um, playing a song with them, or you know, being a guest vocal on an album. I think she's just with the Smashing Pumpkins a couple oh, of weeks really? back. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Surprise guest popped up on stage and and went for it. Nice. It's crazy. Well, they're going to be playing soon uh, this Thursday. That's right. This week at the Warfield. With, uh, an, I mean, two other female-fronted bands, which is pretty awesome, in this moment with, um, oh my gosh, I know her name. Maria. Uh, Maria. Maria Brink, yes. And uh, New Year's Day with Ashley Costello, right? Yeah, that's so, a huge lineup there. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that concert. That is going to be a fantastic show. And it's at one of my absolute favorite venues. Exactly. The Warfield is legit. Because the one thing I really like about the Warfield is when you go there, you luckily if you have um, general admission seats down in the floor, there's essentially two front rows. You can be down in the pit front row or you can be second level front row, which is, or technically you can actually also be third level right. front row. So I really like that because... You know, you don't have to be looking at somebody back of the back of somebody's head oh, or the worst. whatever. So my favorite spot to be is second level front row because you get like a good view of the whole crowd. You can see who's rocking out down below. You can see the band. Sometimes they'll come and walk up near you. It's legit. One, you mentioned about having tall people in front of you. Yeah. I've, I'm aware of that being relatively tall. I, I try to be aware of that with, you know, in a crowd. And sure enough, somehow the other tallest person in the venue somehow ends up in front of me. Oh, it's a, I, I don't know how it works out that way, uh-huh. but it doesn't. Then I become less self-conscious because I'm like, well, I can't see either. So it's not my fault. You can't see behind right? me. Right. <laughs> and that's just part of being at a show. You right. know, it's like kind of swaying with the crowd and peeking through and trying to see what you can see, exactly. you know, if you're a short stack like me, <laughs> but, <laughs> or going to the Warfield and trying to get into the second level front row. <laughs> exactly. I think the Warfield is one of the most kind of comfortable venues to see a show. Like it you said, is. I mean, there, it's yeah. a lot of good places to see. The uh, balcony's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It all around good venue. It's it only 4,000 years old, but <laughs> they still get it done. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. Um, and so let's see. So Hailstorm has a new album that they vicious. just dropped, right? Vicious. And it vicious. is vicious. It, it really, really is. I mean, she is like no holds barred, like yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, what I think is cool about it is, and, uh, I, I got the chance to review it for Riff of all places. Yeah. Uh, half the album is, is kind of playing off their prior sound and I, I, it's kind of what people expect from them just a better version, you know, a progressed version of Mm -hmm. the Hailstorm sound. Mm -hmm. But then half of it is like this total left turn into like, what is this? Right. Just whether it's like beats of songs or the way she's singing or things like that. It's kind of cool. It's this mix of new Hailstorm and old Hailstorm. It's, uh, it, it makes for a fun listen. Do you have any favorite songs off of the new album that you've heard so far? I do. I do. I, 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 I'm going to pick one from each camp. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, the song, well, I think Black Vultures is one of the best songs Hailstorm's ever done. I think it's amazing. Okay. It's Love it. The best. Um, and then also Skulls is one of Skulls, those. Yes. It, it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it almost has like a hip hop beat to it, sort of. I mean, it's just, yeah. She's kind of rhythmically, rhythmically singing. Uh, it's just a cool song. It's it, a very intense song, too. It's yeah. like very in your face. Right, exactly. I like it. Like, if you're going to go to the gym and you need a song to, like, crank you up, get that on. Spoiler alert. They they open with that song. <laughs> just saying. Uh, why'd you got to tell people that, man? <laughs> Sorry. Why'd you got to ruin it for them? Sorry. <laughs> um, well, either way, I am super excited to see the new Hailstorm play at the Warfield. With uh, in this moment in New Year's Day, and um, I, I'm excited for the new album. I think, you know, it's always fun to see how bands progress their sound. Sometimes they kind of stick with one sound, and then I'll, sometimes 
um, they'll totally just reinvent themselves. So I think it's nice with this album, it kind of seems like they're doing a little bit of both. The, the interesting part about this album, and, and we'll ask Lizzie about it, is that going in, they started recording. They, they had songs written and started recording, and early on in the pro- early on in the process, they went, this isn't right. These songs mm. don't feel right. Like they were mm-hmm. trying to either write, you know, for the label or trying to write this certain thing. They just scrapped everything. Wow. And started over. That's that's ballsy. It is. <laughs> I can't imagine what that feeling would be. If you have all these songs written and just decide, nope. I wonder what they do them. with those songs. Like, do they just delete and I, like they're gone forever? Or do they just kind of like throw them in an unwanted folder? <laughs> Sorry. Drag Where? them to the trash and yeah. just hit delete. I, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Because I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, maybe, maybe in like a year or two, they'll be like, actually, that song was really good. I'm really sad that I deleted it. Let me just bring it back from, from the death. <laughs> hey, that guitar part was really good. Can we find that? No. <laughs> We emptied our trash two months ago. Oh, bummer. That's the worst. See, don't throw anything away. Exactly. No. <laughs> well, um, well, let's get to the interview. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Here it is. Okay. L- Lizzie Hale. Lizzie Hale. On Rock and Vino. Joining me now is a true modern rock icon, has one of the most powerful and distinct voices in music, and has fronted the band Hailstorm for the past 20 years. The band is getting set to release its fourth album, Vicious, next month, and they'll be back in the Bay Area August 23rd to play the Warfield in San Francisco. It's the amazing Lizzie Hale. Lizzie, thanks for taking the time. Oh, any time. Uh, and, and first and foremost, thank you so much for the compliments. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So let, let's start with the new album. I had a chance to hear Vicious actually earlier this week, and it lives up to its title. Uh, one of the f- uh, first thoughts I had listening to it was just how confident the band sounds in the, the songwriting and in the, in the performance. Um, but as I was doing some of the reading about the album, it sounds like that wasn't necessarily the case to start when you went in to start writing a new album. Uh, what, you know, What were some of the challenges you faced getting started on the new album? Um, some of the challenges that we ended up facing was was before we we got into the studio with Nick, um, we were writing songs. I, I I do that every day anyway. I've discovered that uh, my passion is sometimes my affliction because um, I can't really turn it off. I'm an avid uh, eavesdropper, and and I I write I write songs every day. Anyway, um, we were writing a lot for this record, and I think we we ended up writing about I don't know like fifteen twenty songs. And we just weren't feeling any of them. It, it felt like, I think early on, it just felt like we were trying too hard um, to to make everybody happy, um, to either please radio or do you think the fans are going to like this or, you know, just kind of we're putting ourselves under, I think, unnecessary pressure and or just focusing on the wrong thing. So um, anyway... You know, at that point in time, after like, you know, you spend a lot of time on these songs and then we ended up scrapping them. We ended up throwing them all away. And um, and I kind of went down a small rabbit hole in my mind where it's like, man, you know, we've been a band for 20 years. Um, We're on our trying to make our fourth record on on a major label. We've had so much success. We, you know, we won a Grammy. We toured the world. And I don't know whether like I, I wasn't feeling connected the way I usually M to music, I feel like. I feel like it was just like I'd lost something along the way. And it was um, it was hard for me to shut that off. And so you start going down this, like, spiral of, of, okay, you know, can I even, like, 
write a new song that, that I'm excited about? You know, have I lost that? Um, you know, do I even deserve to be here? This is, you know, can I maintain it? You know, like, are, wow. are we like, what's going on? Um, so I had this kind of small panic moment <laughs> in my head. And uh, we, so we ended up going into the studio with, with uh, pretty much nothing. Um, we went in the studio and I ended up telling Nick, I'm like, I'm a little lost. Um, we all kind of are everything that we're kind of coming up with. We're not inspired by. And, um, and he said, uh, he's like, well, actually, you know, when was the last time that the four of you guys just got together and jammed for fun and, um, and started the writing process that way? So what, I, what we ended up doing is that we ended up kind of getting into his studio. It was just the four of us in the recording studio and Nick, our producer. And we started every day. He's like, all right, who's got a riff? You know, um, and he's like, this is what I did with what with Corn and uh, Queen of the Stone Age and Mastodon, because it, he kind of gave, gave us this reassurance, like, look, you know, you've had some success. And sometimes when bands, you know, after like three or four records, you know, sometimes they don't know what to do and where to go next. And so, like, this is where I usually start with just just the nucleus of the band. And so we ended up going in there every day and it was that same thing. He would be like every day. OK, who's got a risk? Who's got an idea? We'll just start there. And then we would jam on that and start creating and, and going down this rabbit hole of a journey. And uh, and then Nick would pop in and he'd be like, oh, that was cool. That's awesome. OK, um, that that isn't really working for me, but maybe open it up here. Kind of, He just kind of became this almost this coach, you know, or and, and also this kind of fifth member of the band where he was kind of in the room with us, just kind of being that uh, that other voice. So it really, I mean, through this process, um, what, and I guess I, I'm so glad that, that you hear um, what we were kind of intending, but uh, through this process, we kind of rediscovered ourselves and rediscovered who we are as, as a four-piece and as friends, um, as the absolute ground zero of Hailstorm. There's these four sides to the pyramid, and if you take one of those things away, it's just not the same thing. So. Um, so we we ended up focusing on everybody's strengths and ended up building this record from the ground up and and so what you see as the finished project product is us literally doubling down on everything that makes us who we are. So yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I mean lyrically you're really kind of you know you're celebrating kind of empowerment and individuality and it has real that that hailstorm swagger to it also. Was that I mean, lyrically for you, kind of the, the rallying cry, it became the kind of the, the theme you wanted for the album? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting when, when you talk about themes, because for me, it wasn't until the 11th hour um, of like after we already kind of had the record written. And, and uh, one of the last songs that we wrote for the record was, was the title track, Vicious. And um, up until that point, um, we had a couple other titles for the record and when we ended up kind of stumbling upon the word vicious, I'm like, Oh, we have to write a song. You know, this is a great word. And, and, and then I ended up calling, I ended up texting the guys at like four in, in the morning. I'm like, I think we need to call the album vicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I um, mean, it really wasn't until the end that you kind of saw everything come together. But 
throughout this journey, um, when we were writing, one of the most amazing things about writing a song and then being able to record it immediately was that the, the ideas were very fresh. They're very, you know, um, very right there on the surface. And so I, I was, we were writing as we were going along. And so all of these subjects were kind of me, yeah, going through that journey of this, this rediscovery and, and, um, and just self, uh, I guess, just battling that kind of self-doubt with song. Which is kind of how I always I always do it anyway. Music has always been an extension of how I work through life and my problems and and all of that. To the point that I remember my parents saying that as a kid, and they would come in there because they would be listening to me writing these songs. They're like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like, "Yeah, no, I'm actually really good now <laughs> because I wrote it." So, um, so what you're hearing on the record is is very much all of those ideas were just kind of being recorded as they happened. So um, it's just great to kind of come out on the other side swinging and being like, okay, we got this. <laughs> nice. Now, Hailstorm as a band have just been absolute road warriors. I think I saw you've played some like 2,500 shows. And I, I honestly actually don't remember a time when you guys haven't either been on the road or had a, you know, a tour coming up. <laughs> um, is it just a passion for being on stage and playing live that kind of fuels you to get back out on the road like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, we're we're not we're ninety percent live band, you know, and and that's the way we've always done things. Because especially when we all first met and we were and we were kids, that was our outlet. That was that was because um, we we couldn't always afford to go and record or do any. And even even in the, especially in those early days, we had no real concept of how to even make like really good demos. So we would work all of our songs out live, and we would do that you know so touring was definitely one of those things um i think that was what made me catch the bug and and really the reason that we started hailstorm was because we loved playing out live so much it it um for me for me personally um it's become this is going to sound really cliche and cheesy but it's become this drug for me whereas you know we'll have you know if we if we do get significant time off like let's say like more than a week um after that first week it's a little confusing because i'm like man there's just i'm kind of bummed like for no real reason at all and uh and then like one of the these i live in nashville now and we have a bunch of friends that kind of bring me up every now and then to just guest and i'll go and do like a gig with somebody and then i'll be like wow i just feel so much better <laughs> you because know? i got that whatever that is, you know, that we're all kind of addicted to. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a primal need now to tour. That's great. Now this summer, you're going to be hitting the road, big tour, got three great hard rock bands you're playing with, all with female leads. You had Hailstorm, In This Moment, New Year's Day. I know this is a tour you've been really excited about. How did, how did this all come together? Well, honestly, this tour came together um, months and months and months ago. We, we started talking about it because um, Maria... And 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 Ash Costello, and then uh, we we took out uh, Missy from Step Heart on it as well on this last run. Um, we basically put this tour together because we've been talking about it for years, um, and but all of us are so busy that we never get a chance to tour together. And every time that like we have an opening date, or you know how it goes, so we always just kind of see each other at the festival, and it became this running joke. Like one of these days, we're gonna all be on tour together and actually be able to hang out and like be friends and um 
And so that's when we put the tour together was just out of kind of selfishly we wanted to hang out. But then what we didn't realize is that especially in this kind of in the state of you know the world today, uh, what we didn't realize was just how important it was for us to do this tour, not just for us on stage and kind of representing um, females, uh, you know, in 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 rock music. This is what we discovered on this first leg of doing this tour um, was this. I, I guess flip of the coin, I, I should say, whereas usually in the audience it's about 60-40 male-female. So mm-hmm. mostly male, then some female, you know, in the crowd because of who we are. And um, this tour, it flipped completely around. It was the majority of the people in the audience are these women. And, and women that are like us that love hard rock and metal and, and that truly get off on this heavy music and making these heavy moments. And so what we've proven on this tour, not just, you know, in a general sense, but to ourselves, is that this genre of music is purely genderless. And I know it's typically related to this, to masculinity and, and this it's a man's world type of genre, but it truly isn't. Um, and that's what we're seeing on the side. It's amazing on the other side of it for myself and, and, and Marie and I were actually just talking about this the other day, um, how amazing it is to now all of a sudden be these people um, that get to stand on stage and look at all of these young women and basically tell them that we are living proof that they can do whatever they want to do. No one can ever tell you that you can't do something because we're standing up here, you know? And, and so it was just, it was just been such an amazing um, uh, tour just for that. And it's a very humbling thing to be part of. Now, kind of an extension of that, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of women and girls that look up to you specifically kind of as a, a trailblazer, as, you know, fronting, as a female fronting a hard rock band. Were there, as as you were coming up, you know, starting out as a band, were there kind of roadblocks along the way? Do you think the, the you know, the path is a little clearer now than it used to be? Kind of, what, what's been your uh, your experience with that? different levels of, of discovering um, what it really is, you know, to be a, to try to carve out your own path as, as a girl. And in the beginning, I think my, uh, my, my naivete um, actually played in my favor because I kind of had blinders on to all of it. Like, and, and I grew up in a household that was never even really mentioned that, oh yeah, no, in the real world, there, there are some limitations what people think that you can do because you're a girl. Um, because I grew up in, in this amazing household where it's like, really, I mean, my parents always told me, like, if you want to be a mechanic, if you want to be a rodeo player, it doesn't matter, we'll support you, whatever you want to do. Um, there was no feeling. So when we first you know, started out um, playing and, like, and touring, um, I would, there would be these small moments, like, you know, that I would just kind of, like, turn a blind eye to, or just be like, oh, you know, that's ridiculous. And so there are these moments, like specifically, um, you know, in the you know where people would be judging you on the fact that you're a girl. So so there, you know, I was always, you know, you know, directed toward wherever the merch booth was because they were assuming that I was the merch girl. Or um, so who are you dating in the band? Uh, so I was assumed that I was the girlfriend at some point. Um, there was a specific moment I remember in '05 when we really started kind of professionally touring um, on when we just first got signed. And um, at the time, we didn't have any uh, text or anything. 
doing any of our, you know, guitars or anything. So I was stringing my guitar. I was restringing my guitar side stage. Yeah. And these two stagehand guys kind of came up, and they're like, oh, that's awesome. You know, you are so cool. My girlfriend never does that for me. And uh, oh, as assuming that I'm helping out my boyfriend in the band by restringing his guitar. Oh, wow. Um, and so I didn't even say anything. I didn't, like, you know, I didn't even, like, stand up for it because it was kind of this weird thing in my mind. I'm like, why did he say that? That's so weird. Um, but anyway, so, like, later on in the night, I get up on stage and do my thing. And, and later on, those guys are like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize you were in the band. And um, so that was, like, kind of that first kind of instance of, oh, okay. Um, there's, there's all these, like, preconceived notions that, that – of who I am, and it's a big reason why I ended up putting um, some of those things into uncomfortable because, uh, you know, it almost became my power after a second, whereas I, I used it as a weapon, um, whereas I knew that I'm usually going to be the only girl in the bell and no one's really going to assume that I'm even in the band. So, um, so I would purposely end up you know, dressing up in a skirt or wearing high heels or something like that that was not normally seen, you know, whilst holding a guitar. And uh, I even took it a step further with, uh, for a long time when we were proving ourselves on the road. Um, I would end up starting a cappella. So I would have the guys in the back and I would come out because it would be one of those moments where people, you see on people's faces like, what the hell is going on? Who is this chick? You know, um, so, so using it kind of, like I said, as a weapon. Um, and then you get to a point where you're talking like labels and to radio people and uh this is before we were signed actually um a lot of these moments were we were trying to shop ourselves to labels or management or anywhere and i would get these people these industry people telling me like look i I love what you guys do but we don't know what to do with you and i would always ask why and they're like well you know female fronted bands don't really work on rock radio And, and even if you do get on radio um, if they already have another female for the band that they're playing, they're not going to sell you because you've already filled that spot. Throughout my life, um, you use those kind of roadblocks and those, you know, negative views that normally would um, would kind of bring you down because it was kind of a bummer every now and then. Be like, Jesus, this is so ridiculous. Why, why, why is that idea out there? Why can't it just be about? Do you rock or do you not rock? You know, so to me, that was what I grew up on. Like I've heard a lot of amazing male from the band and female from the band, and I've heard a lot of shitty ones too. It's like it should just be about talent. Um, so anyway, now it's amazing to kind of be on that other side of it. Whereas nobody, uh, you know, usually when we play a show, like people know who I am or they know that I'm in the band. And um, and I've seen just if you go to any rock festival, um, there's a good forty to completely split fifty fifty um, percent of female fronted bands to male fronted bands, and so it's amazing to be surrounded by so many women. I'm no longer the only one on on tour usually, um, and that's not just musicians, but there's female lighting directors, and, and um, especially on this tour, there's like thirteen girls. There's 15, and all of her dancers, and then there's two um, female pool managers and there's female lighting directors. Um, it's just amazing to see these girls truly just kind of, you know, infiltrate <laughs> the industry. And it's amazing to kind of be in a position where I'm able to um, be that kind of beacon of hope for a young girl 
because when I was growing up, I had to reach back, you know, to my parents' generation to be like, oh, see? So just to be with someone right now is, is probably the most rewarding thing and, and a big reason why I, I look back and, I'm, and I say, you know, of all of the things and obstacles and ups and downs, tremendous ups and tremendous downs that we had to go through, um, it was completely worth it in order to be that for somebody. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Excellent. Well, the, the new album is Vicious, the first single, Uncomfortable. The uh, new song, Black Vultures, just dropped today. Catch them August 23rd at the Warfield. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm, thanks for taking the time. Oh, dude, anytime. Thanks for listening to me ramble. That is no small feat. So <laughs> you're a brave man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Lizzie Hale joining us on Rockin' Vino. Yeah, great yeah. interview. August 23rd at the Warfield. Vicious out now. The, the it it's interesting to hear her talk about like the early days of the band and sort of how she was perceived by other people. I mean, totally. you, you wouldn't necessarily think of it that like <laughs> having like the venue staff come up and be like, "Oh, so you're the singer's girlfriend, right?" Right. That would be so <laughs> offensive. I'd be like, "Um, no." <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know how how I would react, but she seemed to handle it with class and just kind of, you know, just uh just did her thing and then went on stage and rocked it out and they and then they inserted foot and mouth exactly <laughs> and I actually saw one of the the shows she referenced where to start the set she just walked out just solo mm. and just kind of belted out I think it's it's not you they opened with at the time just acapella mm-hmm. just to get everyone's instant attention as to what was going on and. Uh, it was interesting to hear the thought process behind it because seeing it at a show, you're just like, oh, this is super cool. But uh, that she actually kind of had a strategy for it. Like, yeah. Just immediately making a statement that she was here and. Uh, and she's <laughs> and the front woman of this band. Exactly. Okay, better recognize. <laughs> um, well, I'm really excited to see them. I think to have Hellstorm in this moment have toured together before. Didn't they play at, the, at Slim's? Uh, Ace of Spades. But didn't that show also hit Slims did too? It? I think it did. It probably did. <laughs> I feel like it did because I just remember it being a small show. Maybe you went to the Ace of Spades show and I went to the Slims show. I just remember seeing that show and just thinking it was amazing and just um, in such a small venue and just seeing two two awesome ladies just killing it on stage. I will say that when I saw that show at Ace of Spades, um, I knew of In This Moment just going to them for a second i did not know what was involved with their stage show yeah but that was kind of that at that time i want to say that that was relatively new for them so the like that was relatively new with the whole theatrics and the whole like choreographed moves and the the girls with the masks on you know yeah. It was intense. It is. And it's only gotten better, <laughs> I have to say. It has. I know. I but agree. I remember seeing that and I was like, what? To like, be right up close and you got <laughs> the guys in the masks and the smoke. Like, I'm a little bit scared. She's but like it's a metal. Great. She's like a metal Britney Spears. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I know. Uh, That's what she, you have to look forward to. Exactly. <laughs> On exactly. Thursday. Exactly. Should we uh, should we close out this week's episode of Rock and Vino? 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we covered all of our bases, and that was and that was a great interview. Good job, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, be sure to check out Hellstorm's new album, Vicious, out now. And tickets are still available for the show at the Warfield on the 23rd, this Thursday, within this moment and New Year's Day. And we can even we can do the tease, the toss. That's at, right. To next week, we we have a guest, uh, another another big old guest next week. Another female. That's right. In I, in, uh, in I rock. sense a theme coming here. <laughs> Women that rock. Exactly. Love it. Uh, skillet drummer Jen Ledger turned vocalist slash songstress. <laughs> Lead singer. <laughs> Lead singer. That's of, right. Of her own new band. Ledger. We'll uh, we'll be uh, checking in next week. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday. All right. Thanks so much for listening. This is Rock and Vino.